Hello everybody, hello, 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 welcome, welcome, hello and welcome, I'm glad you could make it, I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger at dansfish.com, we do this every Wednesday, I almost said Monday, <laughs> we do this every Wednesday at 9pm Eastern Time, for those that are Mountain Challenge, for the mountain folks, it is 7 Mountain Standard Time, thanks for spending some of your Wednesday with us, we are going to do our shipping report it's a good one. We are going to, uh, we have a, I think, a very special giveaway tonight. They're fish that we bred and raised right here at Dan's Fish. And uh, it's an extremely rare fish that we'll be giving away. So we'll get into that. And we'll get to your questions and comments. Got some neat stuff to show you as well. Uh, some stuff that's looking really good here at Dan's Fish. So let's start with the shipping report, shall we? So last week... Um, our success rate was 98.12%. I'm very pleased to announce this week that it's better. It's 98.14%. So we have gone up. We have gained two hundredths of a percent towards our goal of having 99% of our fish arrive alive and thrive for our customers. So we're making progress, slow but steady. Now, um, I do have some good news which is the Blue Ribbon Tetras shipped well this week. Uh, last week, during our shipping preparations, we had some problems, so we, we stopped. We didn't ship them out. I, I know that disappointed a few people that wanted them, but when we see problems, we, we don't want to send you those problems. So we, we didn't send those, and we've taken some measures. And this week, they shipped just fine. So if you were wanting the Blue Ribbon Tetras and could not get them before, I have good news. They should be ready now. I don't believe they're sold out. I, I think there's still some available. So for anyone that was wanting that, I, I just, I know how disappointed it is when you order a fish and, uh, and then it, and then we don't send it to you. Like, I, I, I get that. The alternative though is we send you a fish that might not do well for you. So, you know, that's why we do that. Anyway, that's going well. The only problems this week were some Tetras in one corridor, a corridor of short side, for some reason, didn't do well. The rest of that batch did awesome, but uh, this one did not. So just a few things, um, but everything else, as far as we are aware, arrived in great shape, which uh, put us up for our shipping average for the last 12 months. So pretty good week for shipping. So I've got to wet my whistle here. Mm. needed a drink so I'm, I'm really happy every time I can report and say hey we've made progress towards our goal <laughs> it's nice when that happens and that happened this week so let's move on to the giveaway the fish we're going to give away is maybe one of the rarest fish I'm going to say in the American rainbow fish hobby and it's this fish it's Melanotania from Cali Lumpur this fish has not been named yet. It does not have a scientific name. It was just discovered in 2019 by Johannes Graf, Gary Lang, and Wim were all on that um, collecting trip. I hope I'm not leaving anyone out. But here's how rare it is. Uh, for those on the podcast, I'm, I'm going to do a quick Google search that you're not going to see, so I'm going to tell you about it uh, here. And if you look, we have the dance fish, Melanotania Cali Lumper. We have another dance fish. We have another dance fish. And then we have 
One from Tamilin TV, which I believe is in Indonesia. So someone in Indonesia has some. Then Get Gills, that's us. That's our store on Get Gills. After that, there is nobody else that has this fish. So I, of course, don't know for sure, but on the back of that, I'm going to say that we're probably the only people in the United States that have this fish at the moment, at least have it for sale. I know some hobbyists have it because we've sold it to a few folks. So I want to talk to you about my experience. Let's go to some images with this fish. In my experience, they're beautiful, peaceful rainbow fish. A lot of rainbow fish color up in the morning. So you'll get a couple hours of full glow out of them in the morning, and then the rest of the day they'll look like this. This is one in its non-colored up form. I, I need to get a picture of them when they're fully colored up. Um, but I don't have that. This is it in its non-colored up form. You can kind of get a hint though of what it'll look like when it is firing up and when it's blazing. It has these red margins on the fin, kind of this yellow olive on the fin here dark stripe and then you can see all kind of the the reds and other sheens in it um, this fish in our experience grows I don't know three and a half four inches I went and I looked and I've got a, a male that I've had for uh, oh close to a year now and he's three and a half inches or right around there so I don't think this is one that's going to get really big I think these are going to top out at about three and a half inches. Now, maybe they'll get four inches. And again, maybe in five years, it will have grown to like four and a quarter inches. I don't know. But the, the point is, I don't think this is a, a huge species. Mine certainly have not gotten that big. And they get a lot of food and tons of fresh water. So constant water changes. Now, the good thing about that is it makes them more manageable. Uh, rainbow fish that get really large you need a much larger tank for them right these are active fish they like to swim around a lot and if if you get one that's seven inches and there are some that get seven inches and maybe even bigger then you, you definitely need more tank space but at three and a half four inches you know your standard 55 gallon is gonna be just fine for a lot of them and a 40 gallon probably not too bad either so manageable size extremely rare colorful in the mornings and decently colorful the rest of the day but they really shine in the morning it's kind of amazing to see besides that these are a standard rainbow fish they're they're hardy they're they eat everything so they're not hard to feed you don't want to feed rainbow fish anything that's really big and hard though because they have i think narrow throats and they can damage their under jaw so if I were to feed rainbow fish, say vibrobites or a really hard pellet, and they, they, they got it in their mouth and they're chewing on it, it can actually damage the skin on their jaw down here. And I have seen cases where this is actually torn open because a rainbow fish was eating something too hard. So if the pellet is, is really small and hard, like a nano pellet, that's not a problem. But if the pellet is, say, a carnivore pellet, a Hikari carnivore pellet, just big enough that they can get it in their mouth, but not big enough that they can, but not small enough that they can swallow it, and it's sitting there in their mouth, and they're just doing everything they can to crunch through it, uh, they, they can damage their, 
their, I don't know if that's their throat at that point, or, but they can damage themselves. So that's kind of with all rainbow fish. Now you can feed very large pellets, like big Hikari massive or delight pellets or something like that, because they can't get that in their mouth, right? They'll just nip off little bits of that. But with hard foods on rainbow fish, it's either a really small, tiny pellet or a really big one that they can't uh, get in their mouth. So they eat flakes as well, though. They eat rapashi. They love frozen brine shrimp. They love frozen bloodworms, um, spirulina flakes, whatever. This is not a picky fish. So easy to, easy to uh, feed and accommodate. They also make one of the best community fish out there. Our current batch is in with uh, some mountain groupers and doing fantastic. Before that, we had them in with some tetras, did fantastic. I've kept rainbow fish with many, many other species of fish, and usually they do great. Every now and then, a fish might beat up on the rainbow fish. Um, every now and then, a cichlid might, you know, go aggro, or um, barbs, a big school of tiger barbs or something like that, uh, might nip at a rainbow fish's fins. I've had filament barbs uh, nip fins and had to remove the, the rainbow fish from, from a filament barb tank. So the rainbow fish aren't going to be the problem, but there are a couple of fish out there that we, we all kind of know what most of these are that can be nippers. So um, that's the thing to be aware of. But besides that, I think they're one of the, the best fish to put in a community aquarium. aquarium. They can be pretty quick to the food. So if you have uh, species that are very slow eaters that need to graze all the time, then maybe that would be a limiting factor. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of certain gobies that just graze all day long, little bits of algae and stuff. Uh, in other fish, they need to kind of scrape their food in small bits. That could be a bit of a challenge. But I do keep bettas with rainbow fish without a problem. Not long finned bettas, those tend to swim fairly slowly, but placot type bettas, uh, not a problem. As soon as the bettas learn the tank and learn when the food is coming and where it's coming, then they usually do just fine. So I found success with rainbow fish with pretty much everything I've kept them in with very few exceptions. And this Melanotania cali lumper, uh, I've also found very easy to breed. The, the fish that are for the giveaway tonight are babies of this fish. They were bred and raised right here. This is probably their father. <laughs> I can't attest to that 100%. I have more than one male, but um, they, they were bred and raised right here. And they're currently an inch to, well, probably closer to 1.25 inches. But just to cover my bases, I'm going to say an inch to an inch and three quarters, something like that. So a little bit over an inch, most of them. Big enough that they're, uh, they're, they ship well, really well at that size and they're not gonna be strained too much by shipping. So, so that's the giveaway today. If you think you would like to give some of these a home, then you can enter by typing hashtag rainbow in the chat. That's how to enter the giveaway for these rainbow fish tonight. Hashtag rainbow. And later on tonight, we'll do that drawing. And again, this is I'm gonna, I, one of the rarest rainbow fish in the, in the United States in the rainbow fish hobby. I, I don't think it's available anywhere else. So quite, quite a find, I would say. And we're able to do that because they bred for us and we got a lot of babies. We also have a big batch of Chilithrina, um, 
Oh, geez, why did my blink? Alani, thank you. Chilothrina alani wapoga. A nice big batch of those. So we have adults of those, but we also have the babies that are about an inch or a little bigger than that. I'm at 0.75 inches to an inch to one and a quarter inches, something like that. So if you like Alani wapoga and you want to uh, raise some up and see the the change as they grow and get into their color and all that and and get them at a darn good price because they're small and we bred them so we don't have to charge too much for them then uh, we have some of those as well so a couple species of rainbow fish we've bred here at Dan's Fish it's not something we usually try to do but every now and then as Jeff Goldblum says nature finds a way <laughs> um, in case I didn't show it I think I did Hashtag rainbow enters you to win the giveaway. Hashtag rainbow, no spaces, caps don't matter. That's hashtag R-A-I-N-B-O-W, short for rainbow fish. Now what I want to do is show you some stuff that's looking really good. Uh, Rockin' Fish brought up a point in an email the other day, and he's like, I miss when you go over the fish that you have available. I haven't done that in a long time. And so I was like, Rockin' Fish has a point. I will do that. So I, run, I went around today before I went live here, and I was like, what looks really good or what's interesting and new and all that? And I, I came up with a few to show you. The first one is one I love. I call them the Moonlight Sonata. <laughs> it's the Moonlight Garami. This is not a flashy, well, it is flashy, but this isn't like a gaudy fish. It doesn't have super bright colors or anything like that. But to me, I find it relaxing and peaceful, like a sliver of moonlight. It's that kind of white, silver, metallic color. They're extremely peaceful, very hardy, get along with almost everything, make a great community fish. And I think they'd be a great companion for the Cali Lumpur. That's probably part of why they popped in my head. But I've also kept them with rainbow, uh, with uh, angel fish and lots of other stuff. Peaceful, doesn't get massive, and uh, if you have a tank full of bright colored fish and you need a contrast, these are a very pretty, pleasing contrast that I believe uh, accentuates the palette of a tank that's full of other fish, some of which might be, you know, super colorful. I love Moonlight Grammys. I always have. I'm probably the minority there, but I really like them. Our peacock gudgeons. Uh, this has got to be the most colorful batch of peacock gudgeons I've ever seen. They are featured in our last video, so if you want to see video footage of them, you can see the actual tank with the actual fish in it there, so you get an idea of what they look like. But I just had to put them up here because I've never seen peacock gudgeons that looked so good. And it's probably because these are a little larger than we usually get them in, so they've, they've got big enough that they're developing their nuchal hump and they're developing their color as well. So they're just more developed than they usually are when we get them. They look absolutely fantastic. We have a great batch of Amazon puffers in. We guarantee you they'll be eating, they'll be fat and sassy. We take, I would say typically with Amazon puffers, we take, uh, Johnny, how long have we been working on these? Three months would be my guess. We generally take at least a month, sometimes two or three months. We've taken I think we've taken six months with puffers before, but we take a couple months generally. And the reason is we're not going to sell you a puffer until it's got good weight. It's been cleared of any parasites as far as we know, and it's eating well. So three months is about right, says Johnny. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. 
great group of them. Ours are more expensive than you'll get them anywhere else. I can almost guarantee you that. But the reason is because we took those two months to take care of the problems. So when they get to you, um, you're not going to have to deal with all those problems. We have the medications. We have the expertise. We have an aquatic veterinarian on retainer. Like, uh, we can do that. So awesome looking puffers. And by the way, they eat everything. They're used to eat. We feed them um, in the mornings. They get rapashi with oyster shell infused in it to help wear down their teeth. And then the, in the afternoon, we usually give them uh, like frozen bloodworms or something like that. They'll eat fiber bites, though. They'll eat massive or pellets. These are not picky fish. These are well accustomed to many of the foods we feed in our aquariums. So uh, a lot less challenging than like a newly imported uh, puffer that hasn't been, uh, I don't know, socialized yet. We have some red-tailed gadeids. Um, these are the Isonai, beautiful Xenotoka gadeid. Now, the ones we have are immature, so we cannot sex them. They're small, um, half inch to 0.75 inches, something like that. But they do look really well, really good. They're beautiful fish. That's a picture of our last batch. And, and I'm not a great photographer by any means, but you can see the red and the blue and the iridescence on that. There's some other folks here that have done a much better job <laughs> photographing this fish than I have. But nice group of them. They're doing fantastic. Rainbow Shiners. The last batch of Rainbow Shiners we got in, I said, was the best batch I've ever seen. Um, we sold down on those, so we brought more in from the same supplier, and they look just as good. So some really good-looking Rainbow Shiners. Already starting to get the blue in on some of the males that kind of blue flecking you see on the fins and on the back there, that's already starting to come in. Now they won't have this kind of hot pink color. That is spawning color. So they're, they're not gonna have that unless they're spawning, but they do spawn frequently. This is a fish that's not difficult to spawn. And so that is a color that you'll probably see if you get a batch of these at some point. Now, to get them to trigger to spawn, they usually need, this is a temperate fish, right? This comes from uh, the United States. So it's not a tropical fish that has pretty fairly con consistent temperatures. These go through a winter and a summer and all that. So typically to get them to spawn, what you do is you give them a cool period, you cool them down for a month or two, and then you gradually raise the temperature. And once the temperature raises back up to above 65 degrees or so, they'll usually start spawning. You, if you dim the lights while you dim the temperature and then raise the lights back up while you, that is not quite the right way to say it. If you reduce the photo period while you're cooling them down and then increase the photo period while you're warming them back up, then that, that feels like winter and spring, right? Winter falling and spring coming. So that helps too. But I don't think it's necessary to do a whole lot of that for a rainbow shiner because they're able to spawn these in tropical countries without too much trouble. So this, I think, is one of the easier shiners to breed and one of the best looking ones out there. Melanotania Kalitawa. This batch has been great. Um, as you know, we had a batch previously that we had issues with and worked a long time to nurse back to health, but this batch came in rock solid. So if you have been interested in Kalitawa, I would say this is the batch to get because I'm confident they'll do well for you. And they're a small fish. These fish mature at 
about an inch and a half. The biggest one I've seen is maybe two and a half inches. This is a dwarf species. And they do get this body shape, like even at a small size, they get that kind of extended chest down there. Usually in a lot of rainbow fish, you don't start seeing that until they're quite large because they mature, um, you know, they're bigger fish. They don't mature until they're much bigger. But an inch, inch and a half, you'll start seeing that on these guys. So they're, they're well colored and they're, they're doing fantastic for us. We were able to bring in some more L19 plecos. This is, um, it's like a wobbin mooster, did I say that right? But with orange. So the honeycomb pattern is, is a black on orange. Now, these are young fish. So the ones we have in look more like this. They haven't developed the orange as much yet. You can see it, like here's an actual picture of one about the size, from our last batch, about the same size as the current batch. You can see the orange starting to come in, but it's not fully there. But I've seen these once they've got about, oh, how big were the biggest ones we had in the last batch? I think we got some that were about two and a half inches, give or take, maybe a little bigger, and the orange really started to come in. So, oh, have I not been showing this the whole time? <laughs> Oh yeah, Mitchell Broom, you're not sharing your screen. Yeah, thanks Mitchell, I appreciate that. Um, anyway, this is the fish I was talking about. And sorry about that, thanks for letting me know. Hopefully I was showing it on the Milanitani Kalitawa. If I wasn't, just real quick, here it is again. And even at a small size, they're already getting the, the extended chest that this fish gets. Okay, sharing the screen, yes I am. Here we go. Um, we have some Wapoga red lasers in. This is one of the first rainbow fish I kept and bred in large numbers. I might have had a few pop up here and there before, but this is one where I actually, you know, had hundreds that I was able to spawn and raise. And they, uh, they're fantastic. This is a beautiful fish. Until the Kalitawa hit the market, this was like the, the most beautiful fish I had seen in rainbow fish. And maybe it still is, you know, familiarity breeds contempt. So if I had seen the Kalitawa a few years ago and, and then just, just saw this today, I'd probably be like, that's the prettiest rainbow fish I've ever seen. Um, but they're right up there with Kalitawa and Chilotherina alani wapoga is this fish, which is the uh, uh, red laser rainbow fish, also from Wapoga, by the way. There's something special in the water in Wapoga because the fish from there are amazing. These were looking splendid today. They're fat, they're sassy, they're doing well. These are the platinum half beaks. They look like a miniature alligator gar. That's how I always think of them. I've seen those pictures of the alligator gars that are platinum, and I see these, and when you look at them from the top, I'm like, yeah, that's just a platinum alligator gar. <laughs> In miniature. Geosphagus uh, sveni, the ones we have are smaller, so um, two inches maybe, roughly, something like that. So they haven't developed this bright color yet. But this is one of the most stunning geophagus out there. Now, you could say that about a lot of geophagus. This is an amazing genus. And there are, look at those long extensions on the fins of this bad boy. That's so pretty. There are, like, so many beautiful geophagus species. But... This is the one I have is the Sveni. According to my supplier, you never know for sure until they mature, but this is a pretty good supplier. So I'm confident enough that I'm gonna call them Sveni with the caveat of, 
you don't know till they're grown up, but I believe that they are. And then the last thing I want to share with you is CPD, Celestial Pearl Daniels. The batch we have is awesome. It came in small, and I don't mean like totally emaciated. I mean like not as old, you know, younger <laughs> than, than they sometimes come in. So, um, but they're fat and sassy. So they have good body weight. They're growing rapidly. They're doing well for us. So they're not the biggest CPDs, but I'd much rather have a young, fat, um, well-bodied, smaller CPD than a full-grown one that's emaciated. And that is the problem with CPDs. If you're not careful, they're going to come in emaciated. It happens all the time. So the batch we have is good. It's just they're younger fish, so they're not quite as long as others. And then the last thing to show you is this behind me. So Johnny um, finally took pity on me and is making us a pretty aquarium, a pretty little display aquarium to be in back of us um, for our live streams. And in here are some of the high-finned tuxedo swordtails and high-finned red swordtails. I think they're, are the reds, I think the reds are called like Vienna or something. Um, I don't know if it's cauliflower, rose fin, broccoli fin, Vienna hyphen. There's all these different names for pretty much the same thing, which is these. They're stunning. These guys have been doing amazing for us. We've had them for a few weeks now. The females are just as good. I just wanted to put males in here because I like the sword. But the females have, have really nice fins as well. So um, I've been absolutely thrilled with these live bears. I finally found a supplier of decent uh, high-end live bears that appear to be virus-free. For those that don't know, um, the an issue with some of these high-end live bears is that there's an untreatable virus that some, that, that some of them have from some suppliers. And um, I've tried other suppliers and had lab tests lab tests were done and found that issue and the reason I did that is I tried a few batches and I always had the same problem which is a few came in they, they came in they, they weren't quite right and then gradually over a few week period every couple days one would die and then a couple days later another one would die and I tried everything I couldn't get them fixed and so um, one of my, one of, uh, my customers who was a veterinarian and, and was working to try to get the fish healthy sent some to a lab and they found, they found this virus. I haven't had any of those problems with these. This new supplier um, does a good job. I haven't seen any signs of that issue. And I know they're fertile because the females have been dropping babies for me. So um, there is some uh, fear. I, I don't know what it is. There's, I've heard rumors that um, some of the suppliers in the industry will like radiate their fish if it's rare or high-end so that it's sterile so that because they don't want us breeding them and out competing them I have no idea if that's true I, I don't know if someone made that up and it caught on or if there's any actual evidence for that but to me it seems like I don't think so. I think that would damage the fish. <laughs> like so bad it probably wouldn't be sellable. But, um, but that rumor's out there, and I'm sure other folks have heard it too. And so I just want to tell you that these are fertile for sure. They, 
um, are dropping live young. And so I know they're good in that respect. Okay, I'm gonna close some of these tabs so I don't overwhelm the thinker on my computer. Okay, those are closed down and there we are. Okay, so that's hopefully Rock and Fish. Hopefully that was fun. Just uh, picking out some things that were interesting and looked really good to share with you guys. Uh, I've also been geeking out on all the Trophius we have now. I haven't had Trophius in many years, and so it's been a treat to kind of reacquaint myself with that group of Tanganyikan cichlids. They're so unique. There's just, like, there's nothing quite like a Trophius. It's, it found a niche, and it really went for it, and it's, it's a one-of-a-kind group of fish. So that's been 29 minutes of me rambling. So I guess it's time to get to your questions and comments. But I have a question to kick things off. My question is this. I've been doing these live streams for a while. We're on 200, what is this, our 258th live stream, I believe. Been doing this for several years. Same bat time, same bat channel, almost the whole time. And my question is, how's it going? So if you wouldn't mind taking a moment to think about it and let me know What's the thing you like most about these live streams? And what's the thing you like least about these live streams? I think that feedback could be helpful. Let me know what to continue and let me know something to improve. So if you have a thought in that direction, if you throw it in the comments and make it at Dance Fish, please, so I see it. Um, yeah, just knowing what's the thing that's working the best for you in these live streams and what's the thing that, that you hate the most. That, so that'll kind of give me some stuff to work on. I do want to make these better. I've kind of been doing this for a few years, which is um, I've always wanted to do more with the live streams, but it's like days so crazy. Busy Wednesdays are really busy days for us. This is a, a shipping day. And uh, so kind of going 110 miles an hour and then look at the clock and it's like, oh, it's time to live stream. <laughs> Jump on and just try to make something happen. But I want to be a little more intentional about it. I, I, I got some help that I need, um, which will free up some more of my time. And depending on what folks say, I might take some of that time trying to make the live stream better. So, oh, someone asked while I'm waiting for those answers to, to come in, Foxy's Fishes asked, will Brenda be singing after your live stream this evening? I love her voice. She will not. So Brenda is going on a tour. Um, she's singing with Wyoming Baroque, which is like a professional classical uh, group. And uh, she'll be the soloist. And they're going on tour. And so this is a professional concert. This is a paid gig and all that. And so it, it, she's taking all her time uh, that she has for her voice and putting it towards um, rehearsing and practicing and making sure that she uh, does a great job for her tour. So for anyone that's ever sang, you know that your voice can't sing all day every day. There's a limited amount of time you can work it. And so she's dedicating that amount of time to making this, this tour great. And uh, that doesn't leave any time for, you know, YouTube videos. But once the tour is done, then I, I'm pretty sure she'll get back to it. Yeah. Okay. While I was talking, uh, answering that question, some thoughts came in. Let me see them. 
Jacob Metzner, I love everything about the live streams. Don't change anything. <laughs> well, surely there's got to be something. Um, even if the content and stuff in the format you like, surely the, I could do better on the, the camera work or make the image better, the sound crisp or something. Um, Sith Lord, yes, please love all. Okay. Well, good. Glad. I'm. Thank you. I'm glad you guys like it. <laughs> Kaylee's Aquatics and Reptiles. Wow. I've missed one live stream so far thinking I like them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Kaylee's Aquatics is an OG. He's been with me from the beginning. So thanks, Bob. I really appreciate your support over the years. Um, could do some walk-arounds of the warehouse, says Rob. Okay, so during the live stream, if I could go and show you some stuff. That's, that's a, a point well taken. It's a little challenging because my live stream stuff is all on a, on a desktop computer. Um, and so that makes it hard to get up and go around. But your points we will take will take and I'm gonna call that walkabout. Okay, thank you. Thank you for the idea, Rob A. Brian Radovich, most love to hear the shipping report. Least nowhere enough mouth cam. Where is the dragon puffer potato love? <laughs> Do folks really want a mouth cam? I mean, literally, I, I love mouth, our, our dragon puffer. But mouth mostly stays still and sits and waits for fish to front, swim in front of her face so she can eat them. There's <laughs> not a lot going on there. <laughs> but you're not the first person to say that, uh, Brian, so maybe folks do want mouth cam. Sandy Cheeks. That, that just makes me think of, like, afternoons at the beach. <laughs> I love that you highlight some of the fish you... Uh, have just like you did now and throw in little facts and tips. Okay, yeah, I can continue that. I used to do that a lot more. And then it just takes a little bit of prep, right? I have to go around, see what's looking good, and then uh, bring up a tab on it. It's it's, it's just a, that, a little bit of prep work that I have to do. But, but yeah, that's good to know. So you like the um, showing fish. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. Sandy Cheeks, let's see if anyone else said anything that isn't highlighted. Oh, chat just jumped. Hang on, I'm going. I'm finding it. Alexander's, um, Alexander's Aquariums, the live streams are absolutely amazing. If you were to do anything different, I'd love to see an African cichlid tank behind you. Well, one thing that I think would be cool is to um, put fish in here, show them for a few weeks, and then maybe rotate them out and put some more fish in there because there's, there's something about just seeing them swimming behind me for a certain length of time where maybe you'll get a better idea of what they are than in, in a short video where they only get a couple minutes, right? So that's something I might do. And in doing that, maybe some African cichlids will end up there at one point. Dave Jones, I'd prefer to see the fish tank tours of special fish each week rather than just internet picks. Thanks. So that's another one for walkabout. Now we do, 
we do uh, tours of new fish in a video format uh, very frequently. Not so much in the live stream format, but that's the second person that said that today, so I'm taking that note. QJF Aquatics, it would be nice to hear more topic type stuff. Hearing the same answer to the same questions every week is boring. Yeah, that makes sense. So one thing that I have been playing with and actually have intended to do ever start ever since I started doing the uh, regular giveaways, my intention when I did that was to uh, go in-depth on that species and talk about that species and its history and its care and its habitat in the wild and all that. Um, so talk about the fish, a different fish each week, and then do a giveaway of that fish. And so that would kind of give some intentionality uh, a topic to each live stream naturally. The issue I've run into is in order to do that, like I kind of did it tonight with the Cali Lumpur, those rainbow fish, but you could tell it was uh, kind of, I'm just going to talk about this fish for a while. I, I know a couple things about it, like collected in 2019, that's when it was first discovered. I know who discovered it uh, and a few things like that. And I can talk about my experience with them. But what I'd like to do is in-depth research. So it would be awesome if, if I could find the time to really research a species as if I'm writing a magazine article on the species or a newsletter article on the species and, uh, and talk about that here. And then maybe use that information also to write a newsletter article, something like that. It's just, I have not had the bandwidth to do the in-depth research that I would like to on something like that since like September, October of last year. That's when the last news uh, letter article was released, and so that's the last time I did in-depth research on a species, I believe. But QJF, I hear you. I hear you. Something topic-driven, and I think the giveaway fish could be what drives the topic. So I'm thinking of that. Let's see here. QJF Aquatics, and we don't need to hear the shipping report anymore. We get it. Already, that's enough of the shipping ramble. <laughs> I hear you. That's funny. Some people were like, that's their favorite, and QJF is like, nope. So it's we're running the gamut with the shipping report. What I... Yeah, okay. I do wonder, though, if new people... Like, I get it. Folks that have been following me for a while, you know what we're doing. You know why we're doing it. You know how we're doing it. And a lot of you have experienced it, right, if you bought fish from us. But what if you're new? Um... How, how was it today, though, QJF, the shipping report? I tried to keep it short and to the point. The shipping report today was probably one minute, maybe two minutes. Um, I think last week I, or the week before I really rambled, I think that one went for like 20 minutes. I, I got a criticism from... Um, so one of my mentors and someone I really respect and, and that, that helps me out with this company get this up and running and I can go to for advice and things and it's helped make a lot of this possible um, was a broadcaster for many many years and so he and I had an in-depth talk yesterday and uh, yeah he was like that that rambling shipping report that went for 20 minutes that's not good don't do that to your poor audience <laughs> my name is nobody likes the most the giveaway likes the least 
More Tanganyikan cichlid stuff. Okay, so there's a topic you would like covered. I'm glad you enjoyed the giveaway. Devo, I like to see the fish like you just did, and I like to hear about the new shipments. Okay. All right. Daniel McNamara, I find the behind-the-scenes insights the most interesting. What have you gotten in the past week? What are your issues with working through them? Wait, I didn't read that right. What are the issues you're working through with them? When will they be ready, etc.? Okay. So Daniel likes to hear about our problems. Uh, here's an issue we're trying to solve. Here's what we've tried. Okay, thank you. Chonsworth. This is the only live stream I go out of my way to tune into. I'm light, it's lighthearted, informative, fun, interactive. I've been worried you would change it up too much to get bigger audience. So I do want to change it, and I definitely want to grow my audience, but the, the reason I want to change it is I've had a vision for it for a long time that I've never put into practice fully. And um, part of it is what I was talking about, like whatever the giveaway fish is, do something in depth on that. So that, that's the kind of thing I'm thinking about. But Chonsworth, thank you for being here. I'm, I'm flattered that I'm a, a live stream you like and, uh, and will go out of your way to tune into. Thank you. Okay. Looking for more. Thank you for this feedback, everyone. This is really good. Um, so some people are saying don't change it at all. I've got to lift up my notepad because I notice when I'm writing on my notepad on the desk, it like shakes the camera like that. All right, scrolling to look here. Jeff Kane, throwing down a super chat. Thank you so much. That's a very generous super chat. I appreciate it very much. To say, we love your stream as is. If you change it, it should be because you want to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Trust me, I'm not <laughs> trying to get me to do anything I don't want to do is rough. Trying to get me to stop doing something I want to do is also rough. Like, I mean, that's probably why I was able to build this warehouse and do this. It's because it's like I wanted to do it. I'm, I'm hell-bent on doing it. It's just going to happen. <laughs> that's always kind of been my personality. But Jeff Kane, thank you for the $20 super chat. Always appreciated, never required. But we're a little startup company, and every little... Every little bit helps. In fact, 20 bucks is not a little bit. That's a generous super chat. Thank you so much. Got a few more. Kelly Foreman, I think you should let me send a bunch of plants for your aquascape. That's my feedback. Uh, Kelly, get with Johnny. <laughs> this is Johnny's uh, creation. I can take no credit for it. But I do think it's going to be nice once it grows in. So there's a really nice sword here. This is the big bear. Look at the red on the leaf. I like that. Um, a hygrophila, which is going to, you know, grow up and clump and fill in there. And then in the front here, you can't really see them yet, but there's dwarf chain swords. And I think there's a crypt in there. Is that right, Johnny? I think that's a crypt. Cryptocorn, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure what kind. Um, but we're just going for hardy stuff that even I can't kill. Like, I'm not great with plants, but... But thank you, Kelly. I appreciate the super chat. I appreciate your feedback. And if you and Johnny want to try something, I'm game. Alexander Engel. Alexander, glad you could join us. It's been a little while since I've seen you. I'm sure you've been around. 
but uh, gifted 20 Dance Fish memberships. Thank you so much, Alexander. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, gifting memberships is one of the best ways to support us because not only do we get the money like we would on a Super Chat, but a certain portion of the people that are gifted those memberships are going to renew their membership and become you know, long-term members, and then we get a little residual income every month from that. So that's hugely helpful. Alexander, thank you. I hope you're doing well, my friend, and uh, I really appreciate you. Mitchell Broom, not sure how hard it would be for your streaming setup, but it would be interesting to do a stream sitting in front of a different tank each week. That can be done not with my current setup. It's literally a desktop. But would rotating fish through this tank, like every couple weeks or so, having a different kind of fish in there, would that kind of do it, Mitchell? Um, the other thing I could do is get a... Not tomorrow, but something I could work towards is get a green screen and have have a camera set up on another tank anywhere in the warehouse and show that on the green screen while I'm streaming. That's something that's possible. Um, so let's see here. Stream in front of a different tank. Yeah, the, the setup right now does, is not mobile. But maybe we could do some mobility, kind of cheap mobility into it. Matt West, I love the live stream, but would really like to see more of the fish in the warehouse. Um, we're not mobile. I could rotate in and I could... So that's kind of in line with what Mitchell is saying, I think. John Harris... I've been following your content for nearly two years and I enjoy how informative you are. I think maybe a viewer question of the week would be cool on fish species care. Yeah, so we do get comments, uh, questions um, in the comment section of videos. We do get emailed lots of questions. We do get questions uh, frequently on social media. So maybe we pull one of those, question of the week. I mean, if I was really on it, um, what would be an easy way to do that? Like, if I was really on it, there would be like a, a weekly thing where there's a, a place everyone can go and ask a question if they want to submit a question for a question of the week. I'll have to chew on that. It doesn't seem horribly difficult. I just have to kind of think about it a bit. Thanks, John. Or, or maybe, John, if I'm covering the giveaway fish species in depth, um, that's a, that would be an in-depth thing on a fish species in their care. So I wonder if that would uh, scratch that itch for you. Maybe you could, you know, kill two birds with one stone, so to speak. Mindy K, I would have to say I love when you are showing the new fish and talking about them. I do love your videos with you showing the fish in the tanks. Maybe you could add that. Okay, a lot of people seem to want that. Love the shipping report, says Spinster Sister, and health updates of in-house fish. The humanity! <laughs> I just think of Seinfeld regarding, but I, I know you're being serious. But when I see humanity in caps, I think of, I think of Norm. All right, Norm? Not Norm. Seinfeld, the postman. 
Wayne Knight. Is it Norm? Anyway. The humanity regarding raising, loving on fish, reliable advice on fish keeping, how you connect with your customers' fans. So, so the content Spencer, uh, Spinster Sister likes. Thank you, Spencer Sister. I appreciate it. In the least, nothing. Everything is great. Sound background is great. Maybe put up the potato cam while we were waiting for you to sign in. Yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of people that want potato cam. I'm going to write it down. I already did. I wrote down mouth cam. Same thing. <laughs> okay, SJ Fishing Adventures. I look forward to the live stream every week. Only suggestion is less time on the shipping report and apologizing for the few deaths that happened. Yeah, that's, um, that's one reason I kind of went through it more quickly today. You're not the first person to say that. Uh, I have this bad habit of focusing on the problems and really trying to be upfront and transparent about things so that when I say things like, hey, last 12 months our shipping success rate is 99 plus percent, people know I'm not, people can know that that's true rather than me just making a claim because it sounds good and we'll sell fish. So that's why I do that. But I agree with you. I think I dwell on the problems too much. I think I, I dwell on the shipping report too much. Um, and, and Shakespeare once said, uh, methinks the lady doth protest too much. Uh, it's probably something like that where it's like, we get it, dude. <laughs> Move on. So that's one reason why, like what I did today, uh, that was fairly short and sweet, I, I, I hope. Oh, chat just jumped. Shoot. Let me see if I can get to more of these. By the way, these are great. Thank you, folks, for chiming in on this. Um, I'm scrolling up as far as I can. Okay, it skipped some, but I'm going to go back and read this, this section of the chat after the, after the stream ends, because uh, then I can see all the comments. It, for some reason, when we're live, YouTube doesn't let me scroll up all the way sometimes. So, Danny Ken Aquatics throwing down a $20 super chat. Thank you, Danny and Kenny E. Your Brycons are eating me out of house and home. My Brycons? Those be your Brycons. <laughs> but I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear they're growing. Um, I can't wait to get out there some Fishtoberfest, Danny and Kenny, and see them. They're so cool. Just high energy, zipping around, the color. I, I hope you're enjoying them as much as we did. I think that's a neat, neat fish. It, it, it's a miniature Dorado. Always wanted a big golden Dorado, but but like, ugh, I don't have a 25,000-gallon aquarium for them. Brycon, that's the answer. Roger Mason. Oh, I'm sorry. Roger, I'm going to focus on ones that have to do with the live stream for now. I'll get to your fish questions later. Okay, I'm trying to say this. Oh, catch them if you can. <laughs> Got it, is the username. Featured species, their background and best tips for keeping the fish, featured by genus or other characteristics, B-roll of some fish behaviors, and likes the least, most live streams are similar. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hang on, I'm making a note here. But my pen just decided to die on me, of course.
Yeah, I think one thing I could do to fix that, um, besides making this shipping report shorter and things, uh, is if we, like I'll chew on the question of the week thing and maybe, um, maybe it's more than one question. Maybe it's like, we could do like three questions a week or something like that. So, so instead of getting the same questions over and over and answering those, which we'll do as well, but we could start off with some stuff that's different and new. Because I do understand that we get asked the same questions over and over again here, um, which is fine. There's a lot, if someone needs help, if it's, if it's a question that's asked a lot, it means that it's a common problem, right? And it just, people need help with it. So I don't mind answering that, but I can see how that could get old after a while. If you're like, I know the answer. If someone asks the question, you're like, I already know what he's gonna say. Like, I don't even need, need to listen in the next 10 minutes. I can see how that would get old. And maybe I can do a better job. Like right now, I literally go from one question or comment to the next, to the next, to the next. I don't really vet them. Maybe I can be a little more selective about which questions I choose. Although that's hard, because then I have to read the question and kind of before I respond to it, that's dead air time. It would take a producer. That would kind of take someone to select questions and feed them to me. Um, I don't know, let me, let me think about that. I don't want to get too far from like, spontaneity and actually being uh, answering what people are asking but I don't want to get bogged down in the same questions over and over again either um, if I just answered the question the last five live streams you know maybe I can skip it so I hear you uh, Sandy Cheeks have you also thought about a plant giveaway as well yeah we did we've done a plant giveaway on the live stream Okay, I think my name is nobody. You could get rid of the chat on the screen, then try to shoot the live stream with the aquarium in the top left and across. That way your head doesn't block out 60% of it. Minor detail, but how's that? Is that better? <laughs> now it's blocking out like 80%. <laughs> I'm just I'm just trolling you. <laughs> so what you're saying is split the screen between me and, and the aquarium so you can see the aquarium better. I mean, it, it worked better when there was a 125-gallon aquarium behind me because that was so big that, like, my noggin didn't, didn't block it so much. I don't want the live stream to be about that tank, though. But yeah, but I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Head too big. That's what I'm going to put. <laughs> Head blocking tank, actually. And that really is meant to be a background, not a focal point. But my name is nobody. I appreciate the thought. Spencer's sister. Um, okay, I already read that one. Orange Cone's shipping report and a ticker tape down at the bottom, just a thought. So what what we're going to do eventually, we just don't have it built yet, is like a real-time live shipping report on the website, on the homepage. So it'll say, you know, I don't know, arrive alive, stay alive, success rate, and it'll have the percentage. And when someone 
and we'll, we'll have to automate it so when someone um, they'll get an email after they this is a for instance we haven't actually built the system out yet but this is kind of how we think of this is that um, you'll get an automated email when your fish are delivered you get that and uh, there'll be something on it like a field to say were there any losses and then you could say let's see here I got it lists what you got I don't know I got cardinal tetras and I got uh, blue ribbon tetras and I got paleotis quarries and then there would be a field by each one where you could enter maybe the number of losses if you had any losses and then that would report automatically on the website so there's something like that that uh, yeah it's kind of in the works Jacob Metzner more tips on keeping home aquariums that don't have amazing water changes from the backyard stream yeah, maybe I've got out of touch with that a little bit. I'm so used to having constant flow through. Yeah. Yeah. Chevy Fish. Pros, it's all good. I like the species spotlight, spotlights with pitchers or live fish in tanks. The con is when people enter repeatedly when reminded not to. Yeah. I mean, I would say mods, if that's a constant, like bother for you if someone enters more than once it doesn't help them win it doesn't affect the outcome of the drawing at all so um, if that takes a lot of your time and focus I would say don't worry about it like let them do it it's not helping them um, it's not gonna give them better odds of winning Nightbot's smarter than that so yeah I would say that's making uh, the the moderators job uh, less pleasant than it could be Chevy fish and mods, if you want, feel free to just let that ride. If they do enter more than once, then they do. Um, let's see here. So here, Mindy K, I am new, following only a couple of months, and the shipping news has been interesting to me so far for sure. Yeah, so, I mean, I've committed to doing a shipping report. I think that's important. Uh, for transparency and like I, I, the, this business is a trust business, right? It's a reputation business and a trust business. And um, I think a good way to build trust with my customers is have an accurate shipping report and talk about how we're trying to improve things and what went wrong and all that stuff. So, but I, but I do think I can curtail it so it's not like really long and uh, yeah. I can, I can get that done in a better way, I think. Michigan Fishigan, <laughs> great name. I enjoyed the week when Steenfot joined on your stream, so perhaps an occasional guest YouTuber to also join you in the stream. Other than that, don't change a thing. Okay, guest YouTuber. And we're gonna move on topics. I will read the rest of these um, on my own time. But I'm sure people are here who have quit fish questions and, and want to talk about that. So for the last half hour here, I'm going to switch gears. And if it's a, an answer to my question about the live stream, what do you like the most, what do you like the least, um, I'm just going to skip over that. And I'll read all that on my own time and, and take that into consideration, see what I can, what I can do here. I mean, I'm not going to, just because someone says something doesn't mean I'm automatically going to do it. But I will think about it. I'll think if... if if it's something I can do and what the effect would be and, and 
kind of ruminate on it a bit. Okay, now to some fish questions. Roger Mason, how hard is it to get female scarlet battis? Very hard. I would like to try breeding them, but I can't find females anywhere. We've had a few over the years show up, but they're almost always males. And almost always when you think they're females, they turn out to be males. But every now and then, a female really is a female. But it's very rare. They're hard to find. They're not something that you can order from a supplier. I think your best bet for finding female scarlet baddis, Dario Dario, is to buy them from a hobbyist breeder. Maybe there's a hobbyist that has some for sale somewhere, and if you can buy them from them, then uh, odds are there's both sexes. But they pretty much only ship out males. And I really don't think it's because they're like, we're only gonna send males so they don't breed and outcompete us. I don't think it's that at all. I think it's because the males have the color and they're trying to send fish full of color that they think people will like. I have the same problem with killifish. I have access to several species of killifish, but they don't sell pears. They're thinking, these are the pretty ones. People want the pretty ones. I'm thinking, my customers want pears, <laughs> and I can't get pears of from, from several suppliers. Like I could have a lot more killifish for sale frequently if the industry under, understood that people don't always want just the pretty ones, but that's kind of the case with Dario Dario or the Scarlet Battis as well. Nino Franklin, do you have blue jelly shrimp? If not, where can I source high quality jellies that breed true? I don't have anything called a blue jelly shrimp. I have blue dream shrimp and they breed true and they're really dark blue and the line's been going for a long time, but I don't have something called a blue jelly shrimp. I'm not an expert on shrimp, so I'm assuming that that's a different shrimp than the blue dream shrimp, but with common names, I never know for sure. Okay, Jim Clemens, can pH vary from tank to tank with the same outside variables, just different plants? Absolutely. Um, any change within a tank can have an effect. Each tank is its own individual ecosystem. So even if they're side by side, there's gonna be differences in those tanks and those can affect pH. And that, that could have to do with plants, that could have to do with lots of different things. So yes. It's always amazing to me, if, if you were here and you walked around this warehouse, you would see some tanks where the glass is like nice and clear, you'd see other tanks where the glass has like a brown algae on it, some tanks where the glass has a green algae on it. Um, some, it's just amazing to me as I walk around the different types of critters and plants and algaes and stuff that um, are in each tank. It's, it's very different from tank to tank. It's because each tank's its own ecosystem, its own little environment. Okay, okay, I already read that one. Scrolling to find uh, fish stuff. But really, thank you folks for all your responses about the live stream, I really appreciate it. Okay, looking here. Hang on, <laughs> this is, uh, maybe this won't work. This is all like live stream stuff. Um, oh, 
<laughs> Jacob Metzer. <laughs> Read the story chat GPT wrote about you on the air. If there is one, then I want to read that story. That'd be funny. Okay, I'm seeing a few more fish ones. Here we go. Hopefully I'm not missing anyone. Okay, Jacob Metzer, I bought some Moonlight Garamis in the past, but they picked at my plants. Has this ever happened to you? No. There are some plants in there, I believe. Or is that a spawning mop in that tank? I'd have to go look. If there is a plant in it, it's probably a java fern or an anubia, something really tough. Um, I haven't kept a lot of plants with Moonlight Garami, so I'm not sure if they would eat most plants or not. I don't have an answer for you. Does anyone here know if you've kept uh, Moonlight Garamis with plants, have you had problems? And if you did, were there any plants you didn't have problems with? Okay, sc sorry guys, I'm scrolling. Because um, we got so deep into the stuff about that that uh, most of these comments are about that. But I'll get there. Okay, QGF Aquatics, what meds do you use and why and how, what is your process? So I have several videos on this on the channel. The process used to be treat everything with everything. Then the process became, well, treat everything with a few things, the most common ailments. And then the process became watch everything really carefully and if you see an issue, then treat it. Or if you've bought a species and it's not done well before, divide it up into a few tanks and do some testing and try try this medication in this tank, try this one in this tank and this one in this tank and see which one works the best. And then once you know that, when you get that fish in again, use that one on that fish. So we're, we're doing a lot of testing and we have all these records of every fish we've treated uh, since we've been in the warehouse, what we treated with, what the results were and all that. And so now we have enough data that we're able to uh, kind of curtail any medications to the fish itself and our history with them. So that's what we do now. Jacob Metzer, what aquarium heater has been the most reliable in your experience? None of them, honestly. Um, I guess the one that's been the most reliable was a stainless steel heater that I got from Gemco with a uh, temperature control outlet. Those things are pretty uh, bulletproof. So I guess that's the one. But I, I don't know. All heaters have their problems. I think the best thing you can do with the heater is have redundancy. So if the heater itself is set to a certain temperature, have that heater plugged in to a control that also has a sensor for temperature. It's basically an outlet with a temperature sensor on it and have that set as well. So if the uh, heater were to get too hot, then that plug would shut off. So your heater is plugged into a plug that is also a thermostat. Does that make sense? So if your heat is normally at 78 degrees 
and you set the thermostat heat to 80 degrees, then it will let the heater heat everything to 78 degrees. And if you ever had that nightmare scenario where the heater locks on and overheats, it'll only heat to 80 degrees and then the thermostat will turn the heater off. So that's, I think, the best setup for heaters. A heater with temperature control on it plugged into a thermostat. So you can't, uh, so if one fails, the other takes up the slack. Mr. B's CPDs would like to know more about the temperature ranges of the fish we sell. He's saying uh, he's trying to get away from heaters, and so would like to know what fish can do with that. Okay, yeah, that's something we could look into. I, I don't know how much we go into that on the website. Probably not at all. Yeah, I think not at all. And the reason we don't go into it is there's all kinds of conflicting information out there. And, and uh, <laughs> certain people get very angry if you don't keep a fish at a certain temperature. Like there's all kinds of fish police out there. And there's fish that I know a lot of people keep successfully one way, but there'll be a very angry person that thinks you can only keep them one the other way. And so I've kind of avoided that, but... I can see how your instance, in your instance, that would be helpful to know. There's certain things I try not to do on the website, though, like tank size. I try not to ever say, here's the size tank these fish need. Instead, I'll say something like, these grow fairly large, and they're very active swimmers that appreciate room to roam, right? Or I'll say, this fish, even though it grows to four inches, doesn't swim around a lot. It's, it's a potato, like a dragon puffer and uh, it, it's a sit-and-wait predator and is not a very active swimmer. Things like that. Temperature is something, like I don't list temperature, I don't list pH, I don't do that, because I think that there's, I don't want to tell someone how to keep fish, basically, is what it comes down to. And I also think there's so much wrong information and conflicting information that I'm not sure how helpful it would be. But I get your point, Mr. BCPDs. I, I hear you. Spinster sister, what size tank do you suggest for my future 10 blue coral platies? Well, they get to about an inch and a half, two inches, and they're, uh, they like to swim, but they're not a really like strong, like a pelagic swimmer. <laughs> it depends on how you keep fish. I think you could keep 10 blue coral platies in a 10 gallon without any problem provided you do normal maintenance and it's set up, you know, with a standard aquarium filtration system. I, I think that that wouldn't be a problem. Coral Works ASK2. Have you ever carried the metallic live bearer? I saw them at the club meeting recently and I fell in love. They're gorgeous. I do have a metallic live bearer in right now. I don't know which one you're talking about. Are you talking about metallic guppies? Or are you talking about... Um, yeah, I don't know which library you're talking about for sure. If you could tell me, narrow it down a bit, I might be able to give you more information about it. Killer Kitty, not Curl Kitty. <laughs> Killer Kitty 08, punching me in the face with a fox cat and throwing down a super chat. Thank you so much, Curl Kitty. I appreciate the support very, very much. Plus the cute little sticker that I call a fox cat, even though I know it's, what, a corgi? I don't know what it is. It's not a fox cat. 
but that's what it is in my beautiful mind. Orange Cones, did you train the five pea puffers to form a train and they travel together hunting snails? Isn't that cute when they do that? Like, puffers are so full of personality. Yeah, I, I, no training required. They're just naturally clowny. <laughs> SPNKR, tips on getting toothpick fish to breed. Don't mean to double post, but maybe got mixed with all the live stream ideas. Yeah, no problem. Um, I've never attempted to breed the toothpick fish. Yeah, I, SPNKR, I wish I could help you there, but that's not a fish I've ever bred, and I've never researched how to breed it, so I'm pretty ignorant about that one. Is there anyone else here that knows if you have experience breeding toothpick fish? Would you uh, chime over to SPNKR and, and help them out? Jacob Metzer. Oh, that is for Johnny. Okay, hang on. I'm scrolling because chat, chat jumped again. There it is. Lady Rorsach. Hey, Dan. I'm quickly falling in love with these Moonlight Garamis. Best tank mates for them. Thank you for your knowledge and for the informative streams. I think they're, they're a peaceful Garami. In my experience, I mean... Maybe someone here has a different story, in which case, please share it. But in my experience over the years with Moonlight Garamis, they're very peaceful for a large Garami. And I think you could keep them with any other, you know, peaceful aquarium fish that's of an appropriate size. I, I think they can go with many, many different fish. So what would be helpful, lady, for me to uh, answer your question is if you... Are there like five different fish you're wondering if they would go well with Moonlight Garamis? And then I can say let you know, oh, this one's great, this one don't, uh, actually, this one will be a problem, but these other four are good. You know, if I have something narrowed down, I could help you, but there's, there's like thousands of them. There's so many fish that could go with Moonlight Garamis. I just don't know where to start. I, I'm loving the uh, neon yellow calico platys, so that's a fish I like. That's my favorite platy, and I think that would get along great with a Moonlight Garami, so that's the one I'm going to go with. Um, not knowing kind of what you like, what your list might be. Jacob Metzer, thanks for answering my questions. I'm glad to be a member now. <laughs> we'll be sure to re-up. Hey, you're welcome, Jacob. Glad I could answer. I hope it was helpful, but at least you got an answer. Helpful or not, you got something. Garrett, are you getting in more spotted Congo puffers anytime soon? I hope so. That is a tricky fish. I plan to. I don't know when more will be available. Um, I don't know when I'll be able to bring them in, but let me promise you this. That is a fish that, that I want to keep in stock. So if I find a good group from a supplier that I think treats them humanely at a price that, that makes sense, then I will do that. But it's not, that's not like a fish that you can just get any time. Um, but I'll try my best, yeah. I've loved this group, though. I mean, we've been able to distribute, uh, to send a lot of little water puppies to a lot of customers. And I think everyone's, I think everyone's had a great experience with them. It's just, it was the best batch ever. Oh, Mitchell Broom, 
Giardinus metallicus. Yeah, I love that fish. Like the black chin. Uh, is that is that what we're talking about? Giardinus metallicus. I think we're talking about this one, uh, Giardinus metallicus, otherwise known as like the black chin library because of this. Look at this. This is a fish I've kept and bred. Um, what I would say about it is, uh, if I remember right, it's been a few years, but I think I found them a little nippy. So I wouldn't keep them in it with anything with like real long flowing fins. But they were hardy and they bred like crazy. I just kept them in their own little, I think I had like a small breeding group and like a five and a half gallon that was half choked with java moss. No problems. Uh, fed them anything, squirted in some baby brine shrimp every day and, and you've got a colony going. So. I like that fish a lot. And there's a yellow form as well if you prefer it. Rosie, my pea puffers came today in great shape with little bellies. My adults welcome them and all are getting along. Oh, I'm glad to hear everyone's getting along. Keep an eye on them. If you had pea puffers in an established tank and, uh, and you just added new ones, keep an eye on them for a few days to make sure everything goes well. It's like adding a new cat to the house, right? But Glad to hear they arrived in good shape. And yes, there's nothing that makes me happier than a fat puffer. Like, it's very sad if they come in skinny, right? But there's great satisfaction in fattening them up and getting them healthy and watching them go to good homes. That's just what makes my job fun, <laughs> enjoyable. Oh, um... Booch56. Some random pseudomugils have come back in stock, but only one available. Are there more coming, or did these guys hide out since the last batches? Yeah, so these are stragglers, where we listed 50, sold them, and then, oh, we had 51. So now we're relisting the, the stragglers from the batch. So that's what that is. Lady Roarsash, thanks so much for the feedback, Dan. Much obliged. I was thinking about diamond tetras and black and white skirt tetras, but I fear they might be too aggressive. Made of pseudomugils? Large pseudomugils, probably, but I actually, I actually think diamond tetras and black and white skirt tetras would probably be okay. Um, I think that the uh, Moonlight Garamis, while they're not aggressive, they can hold their own. That's a mix I would try. I haven't tried it, but I would try that. I mean, it's always good to have a plan B in case something doesn't work out, but I think that would work. Yeah. I wouldn't have any qualms with that. I mean, unless, unless you know, if you have a tank established with diamond tetras and black and white skirt tetras already, and you've tried adding like, I don't know, like angelfish to it or something like that, and they got all beat up, you know, then don't. <laughs> if, it's interesting how different fish, or the same fish, can act very differently in different setups. Um, so if in your setup you've experienced that, then I would say, you know, don't take my advice. But barring that, I would give that a try. Spotted Congo puffers are the best puffers, says Leo. I'm glad you're loving yours so much, Leo. <laughs> That puffer could not have gone to a to a, a better place, I don't think. I love how much you like that guy. So I, I've been following Leo's uh, social media 
um, updates about the puffer and what it's doing and stuff. And it's just cool to see a fish that used to live here and now see it living there and, and you know, keep up with it. It's, it's been kind of neat. Jacob Metzner, is it hard to keep wild type swordtails? Why do they seem so hard to find? I don't find them hard to keep provided you give them enough space. They don't like ammonia at all. These come from very clean waters in the wild, like these uh, sloped mountain streams uh, in, in Mexico and Central America. Also, they like it fairly cool. You don't want to keep uh, wild-type swordtails too warm. So keep them cool, keep the water really clean, give them space. They need a ton of food. Why are they hard to find? That I don't know. I don't think they're particularly difficult, provided those few basic uh, needs are kept. But I think that since they don't have a ton of color compared to domestic strains, that they just haven't caught on in the industry as much. If a fish is not bred and distributed by the industry, then it's not going to be plentiful in the hobby. So the industry is looking and saying like I see all these beautiful colorful swordtails and they sell all the time so I'm going to focus on them the wild types are like a niche uh, thing that probably doesn't have the constant demand and so they're probably not going to be bred and raised by the industry because think about it your average person that buys a fish tank is not like you and I they're not like a super fish geek that wants to know every fish and appreciates a bland gray fish because of its unique uh, habitat or because they know it's endangered or any of that. What your average person wants is a pretty aquarium in their living room full of pretty fish that are easy, <laughs> that are constant, that the tank's constantly crystal clear and the fish are constantly fully colored. It's just a, they, they want a, a living painting in their living room, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. They just want a beautiful aquarium in their living room. So you're so the vast majority of the market is going to look for colorful swordtails. And if they were at a, a fish store and there were a couple domestic strains, say a red wag and a marigold and a pineapple and a couple others, and a whole bunch of strains of wild type swordtails, guess which one they're going to buy? The pretty one. Like to you and me, it's like, oh, I've seen that a million times. Give me the wild one. But that doesn't support an industry. That's why most of the wild type swordtails are, are propagated and distributed by hobbyists, by the American Library Association and other hobbyist organizations. So if you want those, I would highly recommend joining the American Library Association. That'll give you access to a roster with lots of different library geeks, and you can probably find something that way. But that's why, if the industry doesn't support it, or I, I guess if it doesn't sell enough to support the industry, then the industry is not going to focus on it and it's not going to be produced in large numbers. Yeah, I think that's the way to say it. Dilamos throwing down a super chat. Thank you so much. Always appreciated, never required, but it makes us super happy when money falls out of the computer screen. My spotted Congo puffers are active, healthy, and eating well, but their eyes are getting cloudy. Any recommendations? Yes, the first thing is make sure they're actually getting cloudy. Puffers have this sheen over their eye. If you look really closely, um, sometimes you'll see what look kind of like metallic veining on the top of the eye, on the lens, um, or metallic sheen. 
lots of people have thought their puffers were getting eye infections or cloudy eyes, and they weren't. They just naturally have this kind of metallicness on their eyes. So nine times out of 10, that's the case. So check that first. I wouldn't jump to medications or anything like that. It's very normal to have like this kind of metallic uh, sheen and in certain lights it can look cloudy. It's similar to like an empire gudgeon or something like that where at certain angles it looks like it's got a cloudy eye but it doesn't. It's how the light reflects back out of the eye that makes it look like that. So I would check that first. Time to announce I've won the rainbow, says Killers Aquatics and Exotics, and you are too right. It is 8.25, so let's get to our giveaway. We are giving away some very rare rainbow fish. This is Melanotanius species Cali Lumpur. Um, I do believe I'm the only person distributing them in the United States at the moment. And these are fish that we bred and raised ourselves, so I'm happy to share them with you all. And... The winner is, out of 199 eligible users, by the way, how many folks have been here? 283, that's not bad. Thanks for being here, folks. The winner is Robert Lambrecht. Robert, you have won some Melanotania species Cali Lumper. Don't know the scientific name because I don't believe it has one yet. It's too new to science. Uh, you have two minutes to chime in. Let us know you're here. That's what claims your winnings. So we'll start the timer now at 828. If you haven't chimed in and left a comment to let us know you're here, then uh, you forfeit your winnings and we will draw someone else. While we are waiting for Robert, I'm going to go to the next question. Curl Kitty gifted five Dance Fish memberships. That is awesome. Not Curl Kitty, I did it again. Killer Kitty. Killer Kitty, I saw the uh, fox cat punching me in the face before. But I don't think I saw that you had gifted five memberships. Thanks for doing that. It's just such a great way to help. It, it gives us long-term help, and I appreciate it very, very much. Leo 209 Aquatics, what do you think would be would work better in the 75 with a puffer? Kalitawa or Skull Creek? P.S. The puffer is starting to love bugs now. <laughs> um, I honestly think either one of those would be okay. Both of those are smaller rainbow fish. The Cali Tower are gonna top out it. I'm gonna say two and a half inches. Maybe they get a little bigger. I've never seen them bigger than that though. Two, two and a half inches. The Skull Creek are gonna top out at two and a half inches. I mean, three would be an absolute monster. So personality wise, I think they're both good. I've kept Skull Creeks with lots of different species without any problems. Um, I've kept Kalitawas with less community species, but it's, it's only because I usually get them in large groups, so I just put them in their own tank. It's not because I think they're going to be aggressive or anything like that. I would go with whichever one you like best. Skull Creek is my favorite rainbow fish. So personally, that's the one I would use, but that's just personal taste. I like this, the pinstripes. I like the uh, yellow mar submargins on the fin with the nice dark margins on the fins. And I just like that they look so different from any other rainbow fish. Like it's, it's a completely different, or not any other, but than most rainbow fish that we have access to. So I like their uniqueness. And I find them handsome with a touch of beauty. Um, I like Kalitawa a lot. I find them just dropped it beautiful. 
I think each one, I think it's up to you, which one do you like the most? As far as temperament and likelihood of success, I think it's a draw. Robert Lambrecht is here. All right. Thanks, Robert, for chiming in. Thanks for participating. Congratulations. If you would email your first and last name along with your mailing address to hello at dancefish.com, that's H-E-L-L-O at dancefish.com, Robert, um, then we know who we're sending them to, where to send them, and we'll get a uh, shipping scheduled, a shipment scheduled with you and get those off to you. Thanks for participating and congrats on your win. That's awesome. All right, we're going to close this out. I want to thank my moderators for being here and doing what they do every week. Real quick, I want to thank Leo209 Aquatics for the $2 Super Chat. Tetradon Duboise, are you able to get this puffer? I haven't brought it in yet. I can get it, but uh, not all the time. <laughs> it's, it's one I can get, but I never know when I can get it. Let's put it that way. Anyway, thanks again, moderators. Thanks to all the members. Appreciate your memberships. It's just that little bit of recurring monthly revenue makes a big difference for a young company like us. So thank you. Thanks to everyone that threw money at us. The super chats are much appreciated. Everyone that asked questions and comments and was active and kept this, this thing going. Thanks for participating. All you lurkers, I'm with you. Hail the lurker nation. If you're watching on the replay, hello from the past. If you're listening to the podcast, hello. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I really sincerely hope you have an excellent week. Bye-bye.